0: I. V. M. You're listening to a special edition of Paisa Vesa featuring Mr. Kostup Belapurkar, Director of Fund Research at Morningstar. In the first part of this series, Kostup talks to Anupam about his journey to Morningstar, the risks and returns you can expect from investments, allocations of assets and more.
1: Folks, welcome to Pesa Pesa. I'm your host Anupam Gupta, B50 on Twitter. I know a lot of you have this question which mutual fund is ideal for me and how do you choose the right mutual fund? Well, in this special series, we are going to look at investment advice. I have with me someone who's from Morningstar and Morningstar is a firm that is into investment ratings. If you go on to the website morningstar.in, you will find a lot of ratings. Acc- cross products, whether you're talking about debt mutual funds or equity mutual funds, you'll also find a lot of stuff about research, you know, if you're researching a stock and how do you exactly choose a good stock. So this series is going to be on investment advice. I have with me Kostub Belapurkar from Morningstar. Kostub, welcome to the show. I want to start this segment with a brief in- introduction to yourself, the work that you do at Morningstar, how you landed up here and, you know, what's what's really, what's Morningstar about? Over to you.
0: Uh, hi Anupam And you know, firstly thank you for having me over here Thanks for being here So I think it's been an interesting journey for me as an individual uh, You know where I reach Morningstar So mm-hmm. I'm a 4G kid okay. Spent you know my childhood going all over You know my dad was in the Indian Navy So mostly the larger cities But yeah. spent some time moving around mm-hmm. I'm a chemical engineer by background mm-hmm. And then I went to an IAM to sure. study And okay. that's where I got interested in finance and you know investing Right Spent ten years with a large multinational bank, okay. and then you know there was an opportunity where I was looking at products, in, you know, investment products for high net worth individuals, mm-hmm. researching funds and other investment products, and that's when last few years, uh, you know, last two and a half years, I've been with Morningstar, mm-hmm. uh, heading up the uh, fund research desk uh, for them in India. Okay, tell us a bit about Morningstar because Morningstar
1: is huge in the U.S. In India, we just have a handful of sites that really. Crunch the data. And the mutual fund industry in India is all of about 25 years old. I remember that, um, I believe the oldest private sector fund that we've got is one from Templeton. Uh, The equity product, uh, the blue chip and and the primary. So our industry is 25 years old. You know, in the US you've got, what, hundreds of years of data on stock prices, on bond yields, on a very important thing. So tell us about the stuff that Morningstar does and what do you do out there?
0: Sure. Uh, So Morningstar, like you said, Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's a global firm that has been in India for almost the last nine years now. Mm -hmm. And you know we are an independent, unbiased research company. Sure. So our whole ethos is about doing what's right for the investors. Investors first is you know is really our motto there. Mm-hmm. So we collect data on funds, stocks, insurance mm-hmm. funds, and you know the whole gamut of yeah. investing products that are there. All that you know we we can basically sell you data. Mm-hmm. We can we do a lot of research. Like I said, it's unbiased. So. You know, if if you're an investor, you want to go to our website and yeah. think about our opinions on funds. Mm-hmm. We pull out something, what's called the star ratings, which is a more backward-looking analysis of funds sure. based on how they've performed mm-hmm. uh, within a peer group. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously we have some platforms that support uh Institutional and uh, individual financial advisors, okay. where they can go and help investors make the right decisions.
1: Great, let's get this down to our listeners, you know, because we've got listeners across the board. We've got uh, typically young people, we've got people who are in the middle of the career, and even people who are retiring. Uh, we've had you know, we've we've had questions even from from listeners about how would they manage their parents' finances. So I want to start the show with specific advice for, you know, for people across each bracket. Let's say about someone who's 25, 26 years old, just starting his job, you know, then we'll move to someone who's 35 years old, married, has kids, and then someone who's probably nearing retiring. What, you know, what are the financial products across each of these brackets? What What's your
0: advice to them? Sure. So let's, you know, for someone who's just recently gotten into a job and yes. you know, started making his own money, yes. the uh, you know, it's it's always interesting for them that, you know, do I save, do I spend? I mean that's that's big always question. the big question. Yeah. And and I can tell you from personal experience, when I started working almost thirteen years ago, mm-hmm. I wanted to buy the fanciest of gadgets, <laughs> the nicest of clothes, get for a car. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think that's the temptation that's there. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but yeah. I think what we need to do somewhere is start financial planning from as early as possible. Yes. You know, if possible from day one itself. Mm-hmm. You need to think about, you know, what are your expenses which you can't yeah. do without and start earmarking a certain amount of money that you want to invest month on month. Okay, Why do I say that? If you look at the numbers, mm-hmm. if you delay your investing by even as little as five years, so mm-hmm. you start working at 25, you don't save then, you start yeah. only at 30. Mm-hmm. When you retire, your corpus can be almost 25-30%, in some cases even you know, greater amount, lower than, you know, had you started investing from day
1: one. That's like saying that if you were targeting a corpus about a crore, you you, you might earn up at 75 lakhs. Absolutely. And 25 lakhs is a big amount to be, absolutely for a shortfall. Just if you, you know, miss out on say five years from start. Exactly. Okay, go on.
0: Yeah. So, you know, that's the power of compounding. So, I think that's what I want to drill home to the young listeners that don't curb mm-hmm. your enthusiasm to go and spend. Yeah. Go out and have fun, but make sure that every month you have that discipline that you save an X amount of money. And, you know, it could be a percentage, maybe 20%, 30%, but do that. So I think that's the most important thing that you start with. Typically for, you know, young investors, they don't have too many aspirations or goals in terms of long-term investing. And that long-term thought's not there. So I think Mm -hmm. that's something you need to start thinking about even from day one. Mm -hmm. So obviously saving to it, Mm -hmm. but also start thinking that, look, I need to plan for the long term. I know it might sound a little foolish, but you know, the point that I articulated, if you start early, that's going to help you, right? You don't need to have necessarily a goal that I'm going to retire at XYZ date. I mean, that's obviously not going to happen when you start working, but you could start with a bunch of short-term and long-term goals. Mm -hmm. So short-term could be, you know, I want to buy a car. I want to find a foreign vacation. You know, maybe you want to study more.
1: Nothing wrong Uh, with that. Absolutely. Or
0: maybe plan for marriage, right? So those are your short-term goals but also plan for long-term, sure. which is what I was saying. Yeah. Once you've kind of derived what your goals are, yeah, yeah. then you actually think about, okay, what are the investment products that I can use
1: sure.
0: to achieve my goals, mm-hmm. right? So what would your goals help you derive? A couple of things. One is the expected risk and the return that you would want from your portfolio mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to actually deliver those goals. Hmm. So, you know, all of us, so we could either go to a financial advisor or hmm. if you're, you know, have some time and the wherewithal all, you can actually do it yourself. Yes. It's a simple Excel thing. Put in, you know, your compounding rate, put in inflation rate. We'll get to
1: that. That, That's a separate discussion on its own. Sure. Okay.
0: So basically, look at what your goals are. Yeah think of what your risk return and your time horizon is Mm -hmm. and that really decides the products or the types of investments you want to make.
1: Let's take it into a specific example. Okay, so I'm I'm someone who's 25. I've started a job that gives me, what, say 50k a month Mm -hmm. and I say, uh, you know, and I'm saying 50,000, you know, after everything else is left, uh, let's say that I've got 10,000 rupees of savings left with me after taxes and all kinds of stuff. I think the interesting part is that PF is removed from my salary by default. I don't even see it going. That's right. Do you think that We should somewhere inculcate a behavior of, say, starting an SIP and just assume it's like a PF.
0: Okay. Do do you think that makes sense? Absolutely. And and I think you've hit the nail on the head there. Uh, But the important thing, so PF is more like a fixed return, fixed sort of income asset. For a young investor, uh, you already have that fixed income asset that's there. Yes. It's very important for you to start thinking equities at this point of time. Okay. So I would say a large proportion mm-hmm. of your money when you're young and you know you have a long way to go before mm-hmm. you actually use that money should go into equities.
1: Right, right. And you right. can
0: actually be a little aggressive even within the equity space. And you know we'll probably we'll talk about that. that. Yeah, of course. Uh, but equity should be the bulk of your allocations because that's your long-term wealth creating asset. Okay. okay. You would want to use some fixed income money yeah, yeah. predominantly to meet short-term goals. Yes. So if you, know, you want to buy a new phone next year, yeah. you don't <laughs> mind putting it into a... You know, short-term instrument, yeah, yeah, which will give yeah. you a decent return. But, yeah. uh, you know, you can get the money out with no volatility.
1: Sure. And you can do the numbers on that. Um, you know, so what we're talking about, the folks, is that you need to just first, of course, first is you need to sit with the pen and paper or, or an Excel file and figure out uh, what your savings like, you know. And you need to at least have some confidence in it. Don't say that this is how much you'll save in the first month. Just make it a rule. Make it a discipline. You'll say you'll save at least 10000 bucks for the first year. Start with that goal. Start with that number and stick to it. Commit to it. That's really what's important. You know, uh, the point that Cossup is making on equities—the fact that he's saying that you should give it a higher allocation—is simply this: that over the long term, the more, the longer you are invested in a product like equities. Okay, and when I say equities, I mean I'm I mean mutual funds, uh, equity mutual funds. Of course, if you're bold enough to invest in stocks on your own, all the best to you with that. But the longer you hold them, the lower the risk of making a loss. Kaur, do you want to
0: touch upon that? Yeah. So I, th- I think you've touched upon a very, yeah. very important point. And investors tend to worry that, you know, I've looked never I've never invested in equities. Mm-hmm. I've only seen the market go up and down. What do I do, right? Mm. So a couple of things. One is uh, if you don't have the knowledge or the time to look at stocks, mm-hmm. I think we have some excellent equity mutual funds and managers there yeah. who are doing a great job, you know, adding alpha to your investing. So that's one product that you know you should definitely look at it. Mm-hmm. And the other important point that you touch upon about you know the longer your time horizon, yes. your volatility or your probability of default or, or loss mm-hmm. reduces. And that's that's I think that's the crux of equity investing. Yeah. If you look at the way the Indian markets have been, we've seen some sharp drawdowns. Yes, you know, two thousand eight was a classic case in point where we've yes. seen a sharp fall. But if you invested then and now, you know at, at you're staying today you've actually yeah, yeah. made a healthy return
1: yes that's right that's right
0: so in fact uh, data you yeah. know we did some number crunching where we saw is that at any point if you just look at your broader indices mm-hmm. you know your Sensex or your Nifty mm-hmm. had you stayed invested for a period of about 10 years mm-hmm on no single day would you have made a loss. On you're, no single on day? No single
1: day. Wow. Okay, that's fantastic. So that's okay.
0: so that's the proof of the pudding that, you know, long-term yeah. works and equities. Yeah.
1: And, and 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 just imagine if you're holding the product for 25, 30 years. You know, you start at the age of 25, you have a working life for what, 30, 40 years. You're out at 65. And that's massive. The kind of money that you can build on that just by, reg, just by a simple product like SIP is really big. So folks, I hope you get that. Uh, any numbers to support this out there? I'm saying that what does past data tell you? Okay. Um, one, what is the sensex returns over the last 15, 20 years, whatever is the number that you feel is, right? And on a median basis, say an average mutual fund, I'm not even going to go into large cap, mid cap, whatever it is, whatever is the real comparison, what are the returns, what does the past tell us? Okay, because neither you nor me can predict the future. Okay, and I'm not even going to put my foot out there because I know how tough that is. But I just want to compare the indicative returns for an equity mutual fund and a debt mutual fund. Okay.
0: So, you know, like we were saying, past returns. If you look at a rolling ten-year return basis, the average return for the broader benchmarks is in the range of about twelve to thirteen percent. Okay. And uh, fund managers have obviously added a lot of alpha over the benchmarks, anywhere between two hundred basis points to five hundred basis points, depending Mm -hmm. on the kind of fund. Mm -hmm. So, you would, on an average, obviously this is past performance. Like you rightly said, may or may not be repeated. Sure. Will be seeing anything in excess of twelve to fifteen percent through equity mutual funds, uh, you know, if you have at least a 10 year
1: horizon. Correct. And I think that uh, folks, so you must be wondering that why am I even investing in equities? You got to figure that out on your own. For me, what works is that I just want something that beats inflation. Okay, I don't have any, um, <laughs> I, w- I would want my portfolio to give me a return of 25% per year. But honestly, you know, that you might get in one year, maybe two years. But if you've got a holding period of 10, 12, 15, 20 years, you might have a few good years, might have a few bad years. But over that entire long term, you want your portfolio to beat inflation, and if inflation is running at whatever five, seven, eight percent, depending on on where we are, and the markets give you twelve percent, even even the Sensex, and Costop is talking about uh, uh, you know some of the best managed mutual funds, which give you much higher. So that is the kind of returns that you could expect. You don't even want to get into stuff like what does fifteen percent compounded for twenty five years look like? <laughs> it looks like a lot of money. Believe me, Kostov. That's the good news on 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 on, on equity funds. Debt funds. Tell sure. us about that. So, what are know, their returns like?
0: So, debt funds. Obviously, there are different types of funds. But mm-hmm. traditionally, if you look at money linked you know, linked to interest rates, yeah. it could be anywhere between six percent to upwards you know, slightly high single, you know, sure. low to single digits or yeah. uh, double digits rather. Yeah. Um, so, it depends on the kind of fund. But the volatility of these funds is mm. is a lot lower, which is which is really what you're going to use debt funds for. Yeah. You want short-term parking of money, mm-hmm. you can park it. And we've seen these ads on television, right? Mutual funds. Are so, here. Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah.
0: What people think that, you know, once you've put your money, you can't get it back. Yeah. But that's not true for yes. all funds. That's right. You have funds that you can just put it for a day. Yeah. Uh, Literally overnight. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can, you know, put into funds at probably three months, six yeah. months. So, there are a varied amount of debt options that are available sure. suited to each investor's needs. Mm-hmm. So, but yes, I mean, that's going to be your more conservative investing strategy sure. uh, which would like we were discussing a lower proportion in a young investors portfolio
1: great so I'm going to give you two examples of that listeners um, let's say that you've had a fantastic year at your job and you've got a nice big chunky bonus okay I, I think it's bonus time now isn't it, now yes it March is. or something. <laughs> let's say you've got I don't know maybe one lakh or two lakhs of, of bonus what do you do with that okay I, I know you can spend it and buy the new iPhone 10 or whatever it is the, 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 the smarter thing to do is just go and park it into a debt mutual fund, right? One of the safest mutual funds, an overnight liquid mutual fund or something. Why there? Okay, why not in an FD? You could park it in an in an FD, that's your choice really, but and FD and a Debt Mutual Fund, you know, they're both fundamentally different products. You want to just put it there till you figure out what you want to do with that money, okay? I'm going to leave that on you. Uh, you could probably, you know, you say you put in one like right now and uh, so I believe that an ultra short term fund or a liquid fund would give me what, 6-7% six, six, for year? Yeah, 6, yeah, 65 half right now. Okay, so that's at least better than a fixed deposit, okay? For a for say, even a one month or a three month basis. Keep it there. It also has liquidity. Remember that in a, in a fixed deposit if you break the fixed deposit before it's due you lose out on a bit of interest rate okay that's right. so there you go so that's what a debt mutual fund is for uh, the other thing that cost uh, of spoke about was let's say you want to buy an iphone i don't know 10 11 12 whatever it is and let's say it costs 50 60 thousand bucks you know you could just set up an sip into a debt fund which assume that it gives you seven percent a year so your your monthly installments could Take care of ninety four rupees, and the extra six rupees would come from the interest. That come. that's just a rough rough example. And that's how you can buy your iPhone. Ah, uh, let's move on to the second stage of life. Okay, I am mm-hmm. ten years into my job. I am whatever thirty five, forty years old. How do I look at asset allocation? How do I look at debt mutual funds or equity mutual funds? What should my approach be?
0: Sure. So you know you've come into what really is now towards the peak of that accumulation phase yes. of of you know of your of your earning capacity. Yeah. So what you want to do is, you know, you'd obviously be married, settle down, probably Mm -hmm. have kids. Yes. So the first thing you want to look at is kids' education. Yeah. You know, how do you fund for that, right? Mm -hmm. So I think your asset allocation clearly starts moving a little more towards the conservative asset classes. Yeah. Because A, you want to have visibility on funds, which you would need maybe in the next two years, five years, depending on how old your kids are. Yes. So you would want to put that into more conservative funds like debt mutual funds. Yes. And within that, obviously, you know, we can discuss what other sure. suitable alternatives. Okay. Uh, your equity allocation will would have already grown in the last ten years if you started investing at twenty five. Let's
1: look at both. Someone who's who's just woken up, you know. Let's say that he spent ten years throwing his money all over the world and now he says that you know okay I've realized that I need to save let's look at both if someone who started early on that's great I think 10 years if you started at 25 35 your corpus should be seriously good that's right you shouldn't touch it right just let it grow anything on that absolutely yeah? okay. so, and for someone who's just woken up from his sleep and says that okay tell me what I should do right now okay. so
0: he's got to be a little more aggressive than the first gentleman yeah. simply because obviously he needs to cater for a short term goals, but at the same time he wants to make sure he's got a time retirement yes. at the end of the day that's right so he will have to really drill down to how much or his liquidity needs mm-hmm. and allocate just about that much okay to you know so that he meets those criteria and the, right. yeah. the rest needs to go into equities obviously okay He'll have to be really smart about, you know, getting in and staying invested to the sure, end. Sure, So that's something he'll have to kind of really stick to that discipline. Okay. But yes, the debt would still remain an important, important component yeah. to meet his short-term goals. The
1: thing is, it's it's a it's a, it would be a smart idea for him to look at aggressively increasing the amounts of SIP every year since he started late. Do you do you think that makes sense for him?
0: Yes, I think he'll have to. He will have to squeeze every single penny of his <laughs> savings and invest. Yeah. Because. And you know, even if he's starting late, I think the exercise he needs to conduct is that how much does he need for retirement? Mm-hmm. Work backwards. Mm-hmm. The number might shock you that I need to yeah, invest. I know.
1: It's a tough you know, one. Yeah, yeah. But
0: you have, to, you have to bite the bullet because, okay. you know, if you don't do it now, yeah. it's going to be too late to course correct beyond that.
1: Got it. Okay. And let's look at the final stage. Someone who's retiring at 65, who's got a nice big corpus from his uh, from his uh, provident fund. Um, you know, I don't think the savings culture was that much when our parents were around at that point of time. There was mostly fixed income. That's right. So let's look at someone who's got a lot of FDs. Okay. A lot of uh, nice big chunk from his provident fund. And I don't think pension is really uh, something that, that applies to everyone. There might be a few people who do have pension because probably they worked in a PSU bank or somewhere and some people who don't have pension. So what would you say to someone who's 65, has a nice corpus, okay, where should he invest it? Because I think his primary goal would be what? To have
0: a regular monthly income?
1: What, should, right. the, what should the approach be for them?
0: So I think for a person like this, yeah. it's important, A like you said, a regular monthly income is paramount. Mm-hmm. So you need to figure out how much do you really need from a regular monthly income mm-hmm. and hopefully you have a sizable enough corpus that yes. will meet that yes. requirement because yeah. you know there's you either dip into your savings yes, or the classical way of doing is that your savings lie as is yeah. and they generate enough return month on month that you were taking care of your, your monthly expenses okay.
1: and if I were to put that in numbers that let's say that I have a crore sitting uh, as my corpus as my savings in Provident Fund or wherever it is 8% would give me what uh, 80 lakhs a year no, uh, okay. eight, eight, eight eight lakhs, eight eight lakhs. lakhs. I'm Sorry about that. Eight, eight lakhs which is what? Uh seven twelve to eighty four. So some somewhere between sixty to seventy thousand a month right. after taxes. That's right. I think sixty thousand a month is a fairly decent amount to get by, at least in the cities. But then a crore is also a lot. What do you think is that sweet spot? You know, what should a person target as returns fairly I won't I will never use the word guaranteed, a reliable rate of return every year. Six, seven percent?
0: So I would say between uh seven seven percent I think for a because what you know, even a retired person can yeah, do is yeah. if he knows that he can meet his monthly income through, say, 80% of his portfolio in debt, yeah. he can actually use the remaining 20% as a little bit of a risk capital.
1: Okay. So sure. yeah, it's yeah.
0: not like equities needs to be completely shunned, yeah, yeah, but it should be a marginal proportion yeah. depending on your requirements. Yeah. That you can actually use that for, you know okay you've retired you mm-hmm. want to go see some new countries Why you, you can you? use that yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know that money could give you great returns over the next three years yeah. but you shouldn't worry about it that's okay. the point because you're, you're, the remaining 80% is taking care of you know your, your needs Okay, and obviously you build in buffers for hospitalization and other medical uh, I know, expenses I guess your
1: your, pre- your, your claim should probably take care that's of it. that so also, um here's the thing you know um, the financial services, uh, pro- the products in India are all of some 20, 20, 25 years old. Our parents have seen much more before that. I remember there was this time, uh, you know, when my dad or my mom would, uh, somebody in the family chooses to become an, an an LIC agent. The first thing they do is they come to our house and say, keep Policy, and you'd find that by the end of the year, or you know, you're just paying some premium for some policies here and there. And someone who's 65 lands up with a lot of policies that he's paying for. You know, do you think it's a good idea for someone to sit with these guys and make a list of these policies, figure out which one? they
0: really need okay and go ahead and liquidate those that don't do you think that's a good idea absolutely in fact I face the same problem with my father-in-law <laughs> where uh, he's collected I don't know how many yeah, insurance yeah. policies yeah. and clearly we need to sit down and you know drill sure. down to what's really required hmm. I think from an insurance perspective term cover is great okay uh, you need some of that. Yeah. But the rest of that can, you know, flow into traditional investing product. Yeah,
1: yeah. So what Kosovo is saying, folks, is that, um, you know, when you make a list with your dad, your mom, or whoever it is, uh, you want to figure out which is a pure life insurance policy. That's what a term cover is called versus a ULIP, okay? What's called the ULIP. The what's it called unit linked insurance product okay yeah. stuff that has a mix of both investment and insurance i'm not going to get into you know uh, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing but suffice to know that if you have a term insurance you just have pure life insurance and that's a good thing because you're not paying anything extra whereas if you want to do in investment okay you would want to look at a mutual fund or stuff like that so just sit down make make that list and figure out which ones you need which ones you don't because you know if you've got a uh, ulip for even 10 20 years that would that corpus would be nice okay you maybe you don't want to let that remain where it is and Take that out and probably put on a mutual fund. So sit with your parents or whoever the re- retired person and figure that out. Okay, so you know uh, we've come to the end of our first segment. of thanks a lot for that, folks. Uh, in this episode, we spoke about uh, specific advice for people who are just starting their career, for people who are in the middle of the career, and for retirees, um and with a lot of asset allocation also in terms of uh, equity and debt and mutual funds and stuff like that. So stay tuned for the second part where we're going to talk about mutual fund research. Okay, we're going to talk specifically how to choose that fund you know that, uh, that fun and that's really morningstar's uh, strength on the ratings figure that out for us. We're going to talk a lot about that. Stay tuned.
0: Thank you for listening. If you have any money related questions, you can tweet to us at IVm podcasts or email us at pesavesa at the rate com